Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week we're playing Dream Apart, which is part of a new game collection by Avery Alder that's on Kickstarter right now. Dream Askew and Dream Apart are games about oppression, identity, and community. Brought to you by the designer of Monster Hearts, The Quiet Year, and other modern RPG classics. Alder's Dream Askew explores queer communities in a collapsing society, while Benjamin Rosenbaum's Dream Apart helps you bring Jewish folklore to life. I was blown away by these games. I think our game of Dream Apart gives you a good idea of just how amazing they are. If you're interested, please follow the link in our show notes or search Kickstarter for Dream Askew. I've got two extremely exciting announcements this week. The first is that the Character Creation Cast will officially be joining the One Shot Network. On the Character Creation Cast, Amelia and Ryan invite guests to create characters in various RPG systems with them, and they discuss what the character generation process says about the game's mechanics and narrative objectives. Character Creation Cast is insightful, fascinating, and so much fun. I'm proud to have them as our newest network partners. Please give them a warm network welcome by adding their feed to your podcast app. My other exciting announcement is that I wrote a book. It's a guide full of exercises to help players both new and old build complex character backstories and even to help you keep playing when you're alone. The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide will be published by Adams Media, an imprint of Simon & Schuster. In October 2018, it will be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere else books are sold. You can pre-order now by following the link in our show notes or searching Amazon for James D'Amato. As a dyslexic person, I never thought I would be an author. Uh, It's kind of amazing. I want to thank Adams Media so much for believing in me and believing in our hobby enough to approach me about doing this book. I hope you check it out, heroes. I really think you're going to love it. Heroes, many of your one-shot favorites will be at Gen Con this year, and we have a lot of panels and shows we'd like you to attend. You can get the full list at bit.ly slash osngencon. That's bit.ly slash osngencon. There, you can find a fully updated document of everything we're doing. One-shot events tend to sell out quickly, though, so please sign up as soon as you can. If an event does get sold out, you can always show up at the appointed time and place with generic tickets, and we'll try and sneak you in. We'd love to see more people at our System Mastery Live event, Thursday at 2 p.m., and our Warda Live event Saturday at 4 p.m. One quick thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. The dice have been mailed out, so if you are a dice-level backer, you should have gotten your package by now. Support from Patreon is how I make my living. If you like what you're listening to, then I urge you to please go and support our Patreon. It empowers us to make shows like One Shot, Campaign, Warda, Adventure, Backstory, Modifier, and so many more on the One Shot Network. Thanks to all of our Patreon heroes for their support. And thanks to everyone who's going to be signing up soon. A quick content notice before we get started. As part of an X-Card discussion, we have a frank discussion about cultural epithets. Dream Apart spends a lot of time exploring the exploitation and oppression of the Jewish people. While these terms don't feature heavily into our game, they are definitely a part of the themes of the system, and I didn't want to shy away from them in our discussion during the X-Card phase. If this is the sort of thing that triggers you, you can skip past it fairly easily as soon as we bring up the X-Card discussion. Just head forward about five minutes. With all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. We are adventurers! We are adventurers! 
All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up, a newcomer to the show. Actually, everybody is going to be a newcomer this week. Uh, but our first newcomer is Susan Weiner. Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, glad to be here. At the top of the show, just so people get to know you and so that we can get your projects out there, I like to ask people, what are your plugs? <laughs> Hi, so... Um... I do a lot of things. I'm a writer with Alleged Entertainment, which is a LARP writing company. But the big thing that I'm excited about right now is I'm one of the organizers for BCon, which is a brand new LARP con that is going to be happening for the first time in Chicago in September, September 14th to 16th. And you can find more information at BeaconLARP.com. Yeah, so uh, if you are interested in LARP at all, like if you listen to Backstory like I do and you have been intrigued by some of those cool indie LARP stories, uh, Beacon is definitely going to be your scene. We'll have a link to uh, that in the show notes. Um, Again, if you're LARP curious, this is a good thing to jump on very quickly. Uh, Next up, we have Adira Slattery. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm going to hit you with the same thing. Do you have any plugs that you would love our audience to know about before we get started? Nothing really in particular. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, you did mention to me uh, before that, you are, that you've designed a few games. Uh, yeah, is there a place yeah. that people might be able to go to find those? Um, in fairly soon, possibly okay. when this is up, you can go to adiraslattery.com and see them there. Well, if, if that's if that's together, you'll be able to find it in the show notes. And if not, uh, you know, you know about it to search for it in the future. Yeah. And then finally, we've got somebody who I, I cannot believe uh, has not <laughs> been on the show before. And that's Steve Descant. Steve. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, people might recognize Steve's voice from the one shot Twitch stream uh, that he's uh, been on a couple times. Um, but Steve has been a good friend for years and years, and it, it's wild that uh, this is the first time we're having him on the show. You know, it just works out that way sometimes. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I don't immediately put all of my friends to work right away. Um, Steve, do you have any plugs that you want to hit the audience with real quick? Sure. Uh, so unlike a lot of people uh, at this table, I don't have any games that I've developed. Uh, However, I am tied to the convention scene of sorts. Um, I am the director of programming and executive director of events for a furry convention here in Chicago called Midwest Fur Fest. Uh, It is in Rosemont, Illinois, so right by by the O'Hare Airport. Um, It's from November 29th to December 2nd, so we highly encourage people to check it out if you're into furry or even if you're not into furry. It's a great time. Yeah, for for the buffered members of our audience, uh, there's also Ooh. a pretty big gaming uh, contingent to Midwest Fur Fest. Um, so I, I, I ran events there last year because Steve invited me. And even though I don't know anything about furries, uh, they were a very nice group of people and it seemed like a rad con. Uh, so with that, we are ready to jump into uh, our game. And I wanted to read the little introductory text because we are playing Dream Apart. This was designed by uh, Benjamin Rosenbaum, uh, and it's based on Avery Alder's Dream Askew. You already know that because I told you in the introduction that this is going to be on Kickstarter very soon, or actually that this is on Kickstarter right now. Um, (laughs) So in Dream Apart, you play a Jew in the shtetl a little mostly Jewish market town in the Eastern European countryside. In the cities, the Industrial Revolution has begun. 
Prussia, Russia, and the Habsburgs have devoured small countries between them. It's surrounded by an often hostile Christendom, uh, by wild forests, which anything might creep, and by the invisible creatures of the unseen world, angels, demons, ghosts. Uh, ghosts and dibbics. Uh, the Jews of Shtetl try to outwit and outlast those people that would do them harm. So this is a really cool uh, blending of a historical period and folklore, and we have some very compelling characters. This is a GM-less system, and you're going to see how that works in a second. Uh, let's start off. Susan, who did you bring to the table today? So <clears throat> I am playing Shira the Klezmer, a traveling musician. And what is, uh, what, let's let's go down the list of uh, sort of apocalypse world style. Uh, Dream Apart has you choose certain aspects of your character. Uh, so just hit us with those, her, her overall look and uh, some of the secrets and things that she knows. So she is a chassid with bold hands. She is skilled in fiddle song and flattery. She has contacts in the outside world, outside the shtetl, with the Pinska Rebbe and mm, the Cossack leader's bride. Whoa, okay. (laughs) Wow. Um, Look at you. She has made a connection where the, the rabbi's daughter longs for her and the boy whose heart she broke wants to kill her. Mm. Um, meanwhile, she is torn between her longing for renown and her longing for homecoming. All right. Um, and with with that, I think we'll move on to our next character. Who did you bring to the table today? Oh, uh, so I brought Zelda the Matchmaker. So Zelda is an opportunist with sharp eyes. Mm. Uh, she has two very useful allies in a love-struck blacksmith and the Rebateson, the rabbi's wife. Uh, she very much lacks much self-control, but she has a lot of faith in the world to come. She knows that at the end, it'll, it'll all sort itself out and work out. Um, behind her back, people call her vulgar and unrefined. (laughs) (laughs) She has a relationship with a rival matchmaker who is totally out to ruin her. Um, and, uh, unfortunately her son was just drafted by the czar. Oh, Okay. So that's that's pretty fraught already for Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Steve, who who did you bring for us? Uh, I will be playing Chatsky, the midwife. He has stubborn hands and is a bit of an idealist. Two advantages that he has over, I guess, your common member of the shtetl is that uh, he has he's known for his prodigious strength and his unending patience. One thing that he has seen that maybe others have not is three talking ravens. Aside from that, there have been uh, some people he's angered, explicitly the market women, by defending the prostitutes. But he does have uh, two particular relationships with members of the shtetl, particularly the Goyesh peasants that come to him and the city-educated doctor that resents him. Oh, wow. Okay. Um... So that that brings us to me. Uh, my character is named Zalman. Uh, he is the sorcerer. He has charming eyes and his outlook is pious for its given value of piety, I'm sure. My origin is that I danced with Lilith um, and then I, I, I got my powers. Um, 
Uh, so I, I know the names of two unseen. I know the protector in childbirth and the finder of the lost. Um, what was revealed to me uh, was, I think, I didn't make this decision and now I'm, I'm paying for it. I think the murderer's name. So that's that's a pretty loaded one. Um, my shtetl relationships are, uh, I actually need to ask for pronunciation. Uh, is it Rebbe? Rebbe. Rebbe. Yeah, okay. that works. Yeah. Uh, the Rebbe enjoys my company and uh, the Goish peasants uh, come to me. So with that, those, those are uh, the things that we have on the table. We also, for character creation, get to ask each other questions to flesh these characters out a little bit more and give them connections to one another. Um, so let's, let's go in rever- reverse order. Uh, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, we'll move back around the circle with these. Okay. Um, and my question is simple. Why do you seek my help, and what are you afraid it will cost? Oh, no. Um, (laughs) I know. I seek your help because there have been trouble cases where even my knowledge as a midwife have not been able to guarantee the well-being of the child or or the parent. And so I have come to you knowing that sometimes there are things that I can't answer that you can. But I am concerned that my association will drag me down, so to speak, and will tarnish who I am. All right. I believe you have a question for Zelda. Yes. Um, Zelda, what terrible event did we live through together? Hmm. You had a relationship with the head of the Cossacks, uh, Susan, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, A terrible event that we definitely could have lived through together is Zelda's son getting dragged away and drafted by the Tsar. Mm -hmm. Um, The Cossacks coming in, trashing everything up. And just pulling men out to fight. It's, uh, they they don't generally be nice to the people that they leave behind. Okay. Is there something that I did in particular to help either you or... Mm, I would say um, that uh, Hatsuki definitely, uh, uh, like, uh, helped tend to, like, the wounds that Zelda received, trying to stop them dragging away her son... Um, and uh, uh, just provided a good shoulder. I I have a bit of a question that might provide Mm -hmm. you more with a hook. So it seems like uh, Steve's midwife is Mm -hmm. male-identified. Why wasn't he dragged away Mm. uh, for the draft? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. And did you have something to do with that? Possibly. What do you think, Steve? I'm thinking... Um... If, if anyone has any ideas before I come up with something, feel free to throw them out there. Uh, I mean, so my, my thought when, when I sort of uh, realized this connection between you, mm-hmm. m- it might be that you were both kind of hiding out together and one of you got discovered and the other one didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it could be that, that we were hiding all as a group. Um, then the Cossacks came in. Um, uh, uh, pulled people out. Zelda tried to stop them from taking her son. She received a beating, had to fall back. Um, uh, but you were still successfully hidden, were able to come out and help her deal with all of that. So there's Works like for me. a yeah. little bit of survivor's guilt tied yeah. in there. Your boy. A little yeah. bit of uh-huh. 
foster relationship mm-hmm. in there. I love it. It's juicy. Yeah. All right. So I have a question to ask Shira then. What have you been trying to persuade me of? <laughs> <laughs> so you've lost one child, one adult child to this. How about you have another adult child who wants to run off and pursue music and would be leaving the shtetl? Oh, and leaving oh. you behind. So you're trying to persuade me to let, let my, my child, child run? go. Ah. Boy, that's going to be, that's, that's a tough one. It's <laughs> a tough road to hoe. Uh, are you thinking son or daughter? Flexible. Daughter? Let's go with daughter, yeah. <laughs> that feels good. You've lost one son. That was so your daughter too? Now it's the daughter too. <laughs> a daughter who should be getting married. Yes. And wants very to run much off so. with the Klesmer Maybe instead. already arranged oh, yeah, for marriage? Pr- Perhaps, betrothed. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, this is this is very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't you trust me? Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> That's a good question. Why does the sorcerer not trust the klezmer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, as a sorcerer, I am <laughs> constantly dealing with unseen forces and uh there's always an agenda behind there even if you can't uh, immediately see it and it would be irresponsible of me not to fulfill this role in the community because i do help people but i am afraid that it's going to catch up with me uh and i think in particular uh shira frightens me uh about paying a piper uh that that i I might have to someday. Uh, so I, I think I'm associating you with a lot of uh, a lot of the more negative forces, whether you deserve it or not. I'm I'm very leery, and also it could be that uh, there's an element of it. It's like, hey, you're a wandering musician. This is my community that I've been around, so I don't want to be displaced. <laughs> They can tolerate a sorcerer, but can they tolerate a sorcerer and a klezmer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I, I think we've got a lot of really cool connections with each other. Uh, yeah. So now we come to uh, the other part of this game, because I did mention that this is a GM-less game. And uh, the way it sort of fulfills that GM role is by giving everyone a setting element that they get to control. Uh, this sort of allows us to move back and forth between uh, players and and game masters so that we can uh, react to the world around everyone else and move the story along. Um, so everyone has a setting element. And uh, Susan, let, let, let's start with you again. Uh, what setting element do you control? I am playing the texts and traditions. Uh, being set in a traditional Jewish community it wouldn't be the right story without portraying the full effect of the law and the text and the tradition and the history. But part of that is the text and tradition are always changing. The Gedolim Hador, the greats of the generation, are interpreting the old texts in new ways, depending on what's happening. So there's like these absolutely sort of ironclad things that people need to follow but it's changing. Um, and one thing that you were comfortable with one day might be different the next day. And uh, Susan is going to uh, be in charge of that uh, throughout our game, which is just great. The key focuses on this that I've picked are division of the forbidden from the permitted and schism and dispute. 
Okay, so that's a pretty clear, uh, and these are desires of the setting element, which is one thing that's really cool is that as we're playing, there's like an active agency given to these different elements that they're going to be seeking out to sow their themes back into what we're doing. Adira, what setting element are you bringing to the table for us? I am also going to be playing the market. The market is a very important part of, of a large part of like medieval Jewish life. Jews were not allowed to have land, have fields, grow crops, things like that. Instead, Jews were the go-between. It was a place to make manufactured goods, uh, tailors and shoemakers, um, but also uh, financiers and tax collectors and things like that. Uh, the market's goals uh, and desires uh, are about uncomfortable bargains and less for some and more for others. Okay. Mm. Ooh, um, yeah. that's pretty bleak. <laughs> um, uh, Steve, how about you? What are you bringing for us? So I'll be I'll be portraying and, and covering the grounds for the unseen world. Mm, so the I think un- that might come up. Maybe, <laughs> Mister Sorcerer. Imagine you dealing with that. Um, so the unseen world. You know that uh, this is the realm of angels and demons, as well as ghosts and what would be divics or uh, you know. Na- Malicious spirits uh, of a sort, um, and this is really important for the Jewish the Jewish community, especially at this time, because a lot of their beliefs were, you know, the things that you have to do to make sure that you are, to an extent, doing what's right, but also not leading and dealing with the temptations of either the, the spirits or the demons that would be trying to tempt you away from what you should be doing and what was the the teachings that you're supposed to be following. Um, and so the two desires that um, the unseen world are going to be pursuing is that of leading astray and destruction and transformation. Yup. Okay. So that's 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 a tough thing. I'm I'm staring down. Uh, <laughs> I will be controlling the Goyesha world, which is all the folks who are belonging to the Christian community that is uh, not so friendly that's surrounding the shtetl. Uh, The desires that I chose are hierarchy and order and profit, uh, which I think everybody who lives in a capitalist society uh, knows when those two things come together, it's not great. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> so that is the elements that we're controlling. Uh, the last thing that we do before we jump into having scenes with one another is we craft the shtetl. And to do that, we are going to collectively be cho- choosing two blessings uh, for our shtetl and three curses. And then we'll be drawing a map together. So the blessings that we have to work with that we'll be discussing are friends among the peasants, a bustling market, a favorable imperial decree, wise sages, visionary leaders, a sympathetic goyish priest, a secret benefactor, holy relics, fellowship, solidarity, an unprecedented opportunity, leverage with the nobles, or robust health. Did any of those call out to folks something that they desperately, desperately want to see in our game? I kind of am a little less interested in the broader world being friendly to us. I think this is a more interesting setting if the broader world is unfriendly. I would so I would lean against any of the the broader world is nice to you ones. I'm of a similar mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm much more attracted to the community itself being 
being hardy against yeah. an, a hostile world. I, yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. So ones that seem like good qualifications for that are a bustling market, uh, wise sages, visionary leaders, fellowship, solidarity, and robust health. So we picked two of those six. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's it's sort of pointing us where we want our problems to be. I don't necessarily want uh, wise leader or wise sages and visionary leaders because I, I kind of like the idea that because we've got uh, the text and traditions as a theme, like I want there to be people who are maybe not using that exactly right uh, in our community. Let me point out that wise sages in Jewish society, probably leads to more division, not less. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the more arguing. It's the it's the phrase. Also, two, I guess if everybody's wise and you don't agree, what do you do? Yeah, no, also, it's, it's the act- phrase two Jews, three opinions. So yeah, <laughs> actually, visionary leaders and wise sages might be the best possible conflict I could think of. But these are blessings. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. Very <laughs> <Right>, true. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I am I am fairly attracted to robust health. Yeah, robust sure. health is good. We're not we don't have to worry about a plague. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Do we want to do robust health and wise sages then? I sure. like it. I like sure. it because in that we've also discovered a curse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember that text and traditions, uh, schism and dispute oh. is on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then we have the thing that I'm I'm sure is going to be a real favorite in this group, and that is three (laughs) curses. And for our curses, we have hauntings, oppressive laws, ritual humiliations, pogrom brewing? Pogrom. Pogrom. Yeah, it's it's, a... A pogrom is uh, like a bunch of people getting together to kill all the Jews. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Or at nope. least steal things from them and drive them out. Yeah. This level of severity. Burn down their houses. Varies yeah. a lot. The Maybe they're inside the houses. Pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> demonic possessions, bandits, war, plague, a murder, famine, a crop failure, dissension, false accusations, confiscations, conspiracies, and something monstrous. Hmm. So based off what we were saying earlier, it sounds like we're into the oppressive laws was one of them. For so sure. There were a yeah. few outside ones. That's a good one. Yeah. I I have a weakness for Dybbuk's, but that's just me. Well, I, I was going to say, you know, we, we definitely have a number of things pulling in on the texts and traditions. We definitely have some things pulling in on, you know, we've at least alluded to stuff that fits for the market. Mm-hmm. In a way, I feel like robust health also ties into the, you know, having a robust market. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, yeah. So maybe we could have something that pulls on that supernatural. So either hauntings or demonic, demonic possessions, possessions and something monstrous. I mean, we could go in either direction on all th- I, on one of those. I'm in a demonic possessions. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Yeah, let's get cursed with possession. So and folks, that leaves us with one free curse oh. that we can put on this oh, yeah. little community. A third one. Let's see. So we have something from the outside world. We have something from the supernatural yeah it's it's very much like putting together a wedding something old something blue something from the outside world something from the supernatural (laughs) so i've got a possible idea it will fit in with um our having the market and the glacia world yeah would be false accusations Ooh, yeah yeah because it also if we're looking also demonic possessions yeah. False accusations fits all, especially. I mean, the with, classic, you know, the sorcerer is using the blood of Christian babies to. It's the classical scapegoat scenario. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and that's that's actually specifically talked about on the market's description. And, oh, okay. and yeah. the robust health. <laughs> One of the big problems that Jewish communities had a bunch of times is having actually better sanitation than everyone around them mm-hmm. and not getting sick when plagues came through and then being blamed for the plagues because they didn't get sick when the plagues came through. Because that's where you go looking when there's a plague is the healthy people. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> One would hope you'd learn, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's really good. And the the last thing that we do for setting up the shtetl is to draw a map um, so that we have a good sense of place. And just so folks uh, who are listening at home might be able to visualize things, it suggests that we draw things like a market square, a main synagogue, and other sort of necessary things like mills and gathering places. In in any game that calls for drawing, what really uh, makes things work is just the will to do it. (laughs) That's Um, fair. And so we have our community now. So with that, uh, we've got our characters, we've got our communities, we have our blessings, our curses, we know what this game looks like, the shape of it. Before we get started, I do have two X cards here. One's going to be between me and Steve, and we've got one for you two. Also, because the X card is going to be like an active part of the game, feel free to say, hey, let's X that when you want to use it as well, uh, just because it's a good example to the folks listening at home. Is there anything that we should specifically be leaving out because you don't want it to be on the air? I think we can avoid any sort of pejoratives or epithets I feel would be great. Uh, There are a lot of ways to be menacing without using Mm -hmm. anything like that. And I'm sure our listeners at home are going to appreciate that too. With that said, I don't know anything immediately that springs to mind should we only use the pejorative terms that are in the glossary then um uh (laughs) boy howdy uh you know what i i'm I'm going to place that i also want to ask about pejorative terms that are punching up punching up i think is okay uh shiksa Shiksa. Shiksa. Again, I mean, if they could say it on Seinfeld, it's probably a thing that you can say on on the air. It's just, I mean, uh, the the thing to be aware is this is being broadcast out and Mm -hmm. uh, people have different traumas that we don't Mm -hmm. know about. And like tens of thousands of people are going to listen. And there's a chance that in those tens of thousands that someone is going to be hurt. So when you're using a term, have that at the front of your mind because it could be making a good point but like uh you know think about it yeah what pejorative terms are on the glossary uh yid is on there yeah i mean yid is pejorative if it's used from the outside but not if it's used from the inside yeah so it's 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 interesting it's the same as queer yeah Yeah. Um. Uh uh-huh yeah it doesn't like outline there's goy slash goyim yeah it doesn't say say shiksa or she gets it doesn't even say like ganif so Okay. Yeah, and I'm not even going to know most of these pejorative terms. <laughs> uh, so so that'll be uh, for, for, to for be me fair, playing the outside neither world. Neither will I there. for some of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and like if we do discover anything mid-game, it is always great to just you know tap the card, say let's X that, and we'll figure out how to uh, do something else instead mm-hmm. that makes it comfortable for everyone. And also, one more thing on the X card, it does not have to be something that you feel you need out of sheer necessity. It can just be something that you want to exclude because it, it's not just about life and death comfort. It's about making the game the game that you want to play. And you never should feel that you have to do something that you don't want to. So we now have a lot of 
dramatic weight to everything that we're doing. We know who our characters are. We know some of our connections to each other. We know what the threats are to our community. So if you have a shape of a story in your head, what we can do is set a scene and act it out. The dream apart and and dream askew rules as far as how something like this is shaped is pretty hands-off. You have strong moves and weak moves on your character sheets. Uh, Strong moves require a narrative token, one of these. And in order to get that, you need to make a weak move first. So you always create trouble for yourself before you can solve any of that trouble. You can make regular moves at any time. There's no special token currency system required for that. But everything else is sort of leaning on the elements that we put together when we created the characters and when we created the community. So our curses, we had false accusations and we had something else from the outside. We have oppressive laws, demonic possession, and false accusations. Seems like one of those might be a good place to start. If people are up for it, that there's some sort of plague going on in the outside and the Jews aren't getting it because they have good hygiene, which is totally a thing that has happened. A thing we need to do mm. is put the setting elements that we have not passed out to specifically one of us into the middle of the table. Oh, okay. Uh, when those come up, someone will pick them up to be that setting element and circle those things at that point. So when it comes up, one person will randomly pick that up or? The first person who, who needs to pick it up will pick it up. I guess it's probably Zelda as the most permanent residence of anyone else at the table because we have a wandering musician, we've got a sorcerer and a midwife could also probably have uh, although from the description of potentially being drafted i would assume the midwife is younger than the person whose son was being drafted that's Mm -hmm. true Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, zelda definitely would have a home a home so i i think to set the scene what does the facade of zelda's home look like zelda's home is covered in lots of things on strings strung up cured meats strung up things to keep away the the evil eye the kanahore strung up things that just look pretty and nice and zelda thinks lend her home a little bit of flair yeah i I think on a pretty muted countryside these strings shine out bright and and really do sort of lend a life and the early morning sunlight really catches that as we look over this humble but cheery home and we can see shadows cast over some of these strings as we look up to see a tax collector who's representing the what which garrison do we have here the cossack yeah the the cossack garrison we see a tax collector with two gruff looking young men who are dressed in shabby but still military uniforms Mm -hmm. They darken the doorway, and is there a firm door on this place? Or There isn't really much of a lock anymore after the Cossacks broke through, but it's still a, most it, of a door. It's still a door. I, I, I think then this tax collector is just going to impetuously <laughs> shout from outside, Anyone who might be inside, it's time to pay. Zelda would quickly gather up a little bit of things that she knows she needs to hand over to them just to make the process go a little faster even. And I think to add another wrinkle to this, Zelda, this is the third time this month that a tax collector or someone claiming to be a tax collector has come by. Well then, 
Zelda still grabs up the little bits of things that you know will get them to go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also begins planning. Mm-hmm. The door opens and you see a dirty-faced young man and and probably god if it's possible dirtier faced gruff men behind him he stares at you and you can tell he's like looking around your home and uh the area that you've set up as yours suspiciously eyeing the bits of string and even completely understandable things for other people outside the drying food bits that you have I'm going to blunder into a bad situation totally unprepared. Yes! Ooh. <laughs> Is that a weak move for yes. you? All right. So then I will gift you a token. Hi, is Miriam at home? Now's not a good time, Shira. As, as you see, the, there, there are men here that I am talking to. Oh, hi. What are you doing here? I haven't seen you around here before, have I? I'm just a fiddler. Well... Then we're in luck. This is actually an excellent time for you to be here because we're collecting taxes. <laughs> you think fiddlers have any money? Fiddlers have fiddles, so if they don't have money, I'm sure they have something that the Cossack could use. Look, it, it, it's, it's all right. Don't worry. I'm sure that everything we can do will work out fine. I'm doing my regular move to cave am... to someone's demands. Ooh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I am certain of that. I am certain of that. It must be simply because you're not from around here. Wars racking the countryside. And thankfully, one of those countrysides is not here. And I'm sure everyone here would like to keep it that way. So we have to support that war effort with what little we have, uh, he says, with just a greasy, slimy grin as he's taking what little Zelda has to offer. That should be enough. That should cover myself. That should hopefully deal with Shira for now. For now. Tell me, Fiddler, are you going to be staying here long? Well, there's a wedding happening this Thursday. I was coming in to play for it. So that's what it is. A wedding. Yeah, people get married. People get married in different ways, I suppose. Try to keep it down. There are ailing people in the next town over. There's been whispers. Zelda, I'm sure you know. Yes. Quick question. Would this wedding have been considered a secret? Uh, Weddings of this sort of sort would not have been told to the Cossacks. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just curious because it means I have to pick up Gossip. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh All right. So do I do I entirely pick up from where you're going? So or? so yeah no if you're picking up I think we're both actively in the scene we just have different moves. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you keep going for a second. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still manifesting threats of persecution uh, and exposing factions and tensions. Uh, mm. So he's eyeing Shira up and down. Tell me when did you come into this place? Oh I been traveling for a couple of days. I just got here this morning. Just I was coming arrived. to pay a visit to Miriam before my friend, Zelda's daughter. I see. Well, then I hope that your travels are as peaceful as we've kept this countryside. Goodbye. Zelda begins to attempt to usher them out. So said collector, as he's being ushered out, pauses for a moment, turns around, and asks, out of curiosity, 
who who's who is it that's getting married? Who's whose children? The villainous Columbo move. What do you do? Zelda is going to stubbornly refuse to reconcile at significant cost. Ooh. And go, look, uh, I'm sure if you want to know, uh, you can ask someone else in town. I'm assuming that's a weak move. Yes. My my apologies, but um, uh, go away now. You've been paid. He looks unpleased. The two lumbering fingers behind him don't quite understand what has transpired, but they can tell based on their smaller companion's reaction to what was just said that something bad might be about to go down and they like begin to posture and they, I don't know what weapons they might have. Yeah, what 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 I think they've got like clubs. A club yeah, could work. Like a yeah. simple club at their side. Like they go to reach for it. Don't draw it just yet. Uh, with a promise of violence, but it's it's there as a possibility. I would say the the greasy collector raises a hand as if to pause them. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Fine. I guess we will have to see what the festivities of this wedding are all about personally, then, won't we?" And he starts to walk away. Don't mention things like that to the Cossacks. I was unprepared. What was I supposed to do? They were threat. I needed an answer. You don't need answers to everything. They are men. They are here. They are come to take things. That is the way. What was I supposed to do? Not bring up the fiddle. I had to give them more money. I think we can tell. What what, what is what is Shira's? face and reaction look like to this news like what emotions are clearly going through her head whether or not she's living lending voice to them there's certainly a fair amount of not really taking responsibility for her actions this is not really my i what was i supposed to there wasn't a good answer i just had to say something i said something what was i you know what was i supposed to do here yeah yeah i think i think we see like the hardness of like resolve and and i did what was right by me so mm-hmm. i don't understand why anybody has a problem we see that and, and uh, perhaps like a little flushing just like uh, with this situation apparently being uh dire in a way i'd like to mark on the map where is your home zelda lives a bit closer to the cossack garrison than she would like mm-hmm Mm-hmm. They're general. It's generally one of their 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 earlier stops. So then, I think we can see as sort of Shira is maybe biting her tongue a little bit, maybe uh, feeling a little bit upset. Zelda, uh, more overwhelmed with worry and like the sorrow of loss, even over material things. So we can see the marketplace in the distance uh, as the sun is rising, sort of the silhouette. Well, clearly we need to be better prepared. We need a plan to deal with them when they show up. Mm. All right. We need to talk with the rabbi. I will check with his wife and see if we can get into his schedule today. All right. I think that's a pretty good (laughs) opening scene. Does anyone have an idea for something that we might be doing with the midwife or sorcerer? So for note, when we, to give away, we as our character have to do the things that are on the sheet, correct? Yes. It would okay. be your character your character needs to do what's going on with giveaway, so you would give away okay. the role. One way we could have the like a, a scenario for the midwife is that I am actually maybe having a, a visit with the rabbi's wife or maybe the one of the rabbi's children. Mm. Ooh. The rabbi's daughter. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think we just yeah we we just mentioned the rabbi, so why not pull that in? Should I set the scene, or should someone else set the scene? I think we can do it sort of collaboratively. Uh, yeah. If you have an idea, and I think I think the rule should be, especially because this is a very free form game without a GM. Yeah. If if you've got an idea, then share it because mm-hmm. it'll help everyone else. I have an idea for the general like rabbi's home Perfect. and all of that sort of interaction that you could be involved in there sure i mean feel free to describe it i was thinking we can mm-hmm. start in many arrays so i'm already with the rabbi's daughter yeah mm-hmm. so i have a bit that the rabbi's daughter longs for me the rabbi's daughter could be newly married and recently pregnant mm-hmm. well so that ties to one of my moves so yeah. that i was intending on so perfect <laughs> let's go with this so um if the rabbi's daughter is recently married then she wouldn't be living with uh, the rabbi anymore. Mm. She'd be living in her new home, but it'd probably still be nearby. But maybe her, the rabbi's wife is there with her. Perfect. Yes. Because <laughs> Jewish mother. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. No, you got to be involved. And yeah. the first baby. First yeah. Pre- oh, it's well, First granddaughter. Well, we're not, even sh- we're not exactly. sure yet if it's a child. I get to do. I, I'm, oh. I'm going to get to. Yeah. The rabbi's home would be one of the more permanent looking structures. Mm-hmm. It would be solid possibly even wood floors laid down, especially knowing that the community is large enough to support, albeit a breakaway Hasidic synagogue, but (laughs) two synagogues. Yeah. So it'd be sturdy, probably a little, not dusty, Mm -hmm. but maybe a bit more dim than I think it also probably looks pretty trafficked, too. Yes. Because I imagine there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of community happening Mm -hmm. between the rabbi and the rabbi's wife. Yeah. I imagine that Chatsky is sitting there with uh, the rabbi's wife and the rabbi's daughter. Maybe we'll say the daughter's name is Rebecca. Yeah. Good classic Jewish name. Can't argue with it. We'll go with Rivka. Rivka would be better, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Chatsky smiles as they are sitting there, and he gently says, I think it is what we suspect. You will be welcoming a child into this world. Susan, would you like to play the rabbi's wife and I can play the rabbi's daughter? Sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A grandchild. That is such a nice blessing. It's going to be a grandchild. Oh. My first. This will be my first. Oh, mother well, It's my first as well, mother. Yes, but but it's my first grandchild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your... I mean, your son should be getting married. Uh, my son, my son, your brother should be getting married next year, but but that's still a wise ways off. Yes, yes, yes. Have have has uh, does your husband know that we were going? Is this going to be a surprise or? Well, I didn't want to get his hopes up without speaking with you first. That's that's understandable. Um, you know, I I won't be the one to. You know, I'll let obviously the two of you be the ones to share the news. Um. Is there any concerns that you might have that I can prepare you for? Yitzhak will be so excited. Yes. I guess, what What, sh- what should I... I, <laughs> I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize this. Of course not. Well, I feel that, you know, the, the fact that you have your mother here with you, your mother has been through this experience before, she will be able to give you some, some very important guidance as a parent and should be expected to. You will want to probably in the next few months take it a little easier on the responsibilities that you have because you know having a child is a very taxing experience now is there any you know besides your husband is there anyone active is is the rest of your family active 
Oh, we're going to be available. I, I understand the Rebbe is very... Yeah, my, my, my father is, is busy a lot, yes, but... Well, between... you wouldn't expect him to be involved in... No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mother will, will be so much help, and I'm... And your little sister, Zeitel, she's just about yes. the right age to start <laughs> helping out when the baby's born. Mm -hmm. It'll be perfect for her. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I can't help but hope and... Think fondly to those, you know, to God above that this will be a very healthy and happy child. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. That was me getting rid of the unseen world for those who can't yeah. see the gestures. <laughs> what would windows be like in this uh, setting, do we think, especially in, in the rabbi's home, which might be different? The rabbi's home might have a glass front window. It would be yeah. the only private home other than... Like maybe the butcher or someone else relatively wealthy that would. Yeah. I think in this circumstance, there is a creaking of the wood in this house, though it is strong, it is old, and there are holes. So drafts do come through, but this is a particularly powerful one. And as it moves through, let's see, I'm assuming the rabbi's home is going to be near the synagogue here so we are probably going to be able to see from the home the river and the forest beyond coincidentally as those words of hope are uttered the wind comes through and the forest looms dark after Chatsky says that though there's a look of pain on his face i can only pray that things go well for this child some of the other families have had some misfortune and may God see that this that this is a healthy and happy child as Chatsky succumbs to feelings of guilt and shame. I have to ask what do either either the daughter or the mother how do they react to this like very sudden turn to thoughts of misfortune? Is it noticed or not? Yeah, Rivka's probably a little stunned, but generally looks towards her mother's lead and does what she does. Everything will be fine. Yes, yes. You're young and healthy and the child mm -hmm. will be well. Yes. We're going to take good care of you. Yes. Mom is here and it's going to be fine. Mother knows best. Mother yes. always knows best. Mm-hmm. Well, I should get cooking uh, so I can have something nice for Yitzhak in addition to the news. Well, if there's anything that either the two of you need, please send someone to find me or come find me. I do have another visit that I have to make. Be well. Thank you, Chatsky. Thank you. My pleasure. So would it make sense then for as uh, Shira and Zelda are on their way to the rabbis that they run into Chatsky? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works. I think that's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming maybe we're in the middle of the marketplace. Like it is a, I'll say I'm going somewhere and then you're just outside the market then. That works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll say Chatsky looks distracted again because he is currently succumbed to his own feelings, his own emotions. So he may not actually immediately notice Zelda and Shira. Well, uh, Zelda is definitely going to poke her nose into other people's business. Regular move. Um, <laughs> Chatsky, what's troubling you? He startles. Oh, oh. Uh, Zelda, I'm sorry. I I didn't I didn't notice you and uh, Shira. Shira. Shira, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the the people who visited me have not been having the best success with their children, and so really, 
I'm just... I, I actually want to make a weak move without even being in the scene, um, especially because we have the matchmaker and the and market represented in yeah. this scene. Yeah. I would like to provoke others' enmity, suspicion, or distrust. What evidence of my presence do you guys uh, notice uh, with Kotsky? What is that on you, Kotsky? Is that on me? Kotsky glances down at his clothes. Is, is that some sort of stain or... Uh, do you want to? Could you describe? Uh, yeah, uh, Zelda looks down and sees what is perhaps a blot of ink, or perhaps even blood, on one of uh, Hatsuki's pant legs. Uh, Hatsuki looks down, and he looks surprised. I, Zalman? No. Who's Zalman? He's a madman. <laughs> I. He is a little more familiar with. Some of the things I'm unfamiliar with, things of concern that some of the Goyim have brought up in the past. So I wouldn't, I've talked with them in the past to try and get an answer, at least of how to work with them. And I must have, there, might, there must have been an ink spill. I, I entirely missed this. Regardless, some of the, the, the expecting parents have not been faring so well. Where, where were you heading? Where were you just headed from now? Oh, uh, I was just leaving the Rebbe's home. Is that? <laughs> no. They're, they're, yeah, that, that's great. He, uh, <laughs> Hatsuki has a, like, has a, like, a pause and a realization of what he just said. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Rivka is perfectly healthy. Well, I, What's I will, going on with Rivka? I will speak with Tova. Yeah. Oh, I totally shared a secret, so I give this up away, too. <laughs> you didn't hear anything. R- Rivka's fine. I, Everything's healthy. I, I would let her mother be the judge of that. I will speak with Tova. Sure. What's? I was just thinking about past visits. Not this one. Promise. What's Zelda? going on with Rivka? Zelda? Please. Yeah. Wait. Why were you visiting Rivka? Well, I was visiting. I was visiting the rabbi and the and the rabbi's wife, and I was also visiting with the daughter. Everything is all right. Uh, she uh, just recently got married to, yeah. to Yitzhak. It was it was a very good match. Oh, uh, did you know her? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. We've chatted previous times. I've been into oh. town. Mm. Well, why didn't I play for their wedding? You'll have to take that up with with Rivka. Okay, I. As gossip temporarily, because joy in the misfortune of others seems to uh, be one of the desires that we have for this. I'm definitely going to give you uh, the move, offer someone an opportunity to condemn, rebuke, or forgive. I think in this circumstance, Shira, it's probably condemn this husband that you're just now finding out about. So you just learned that a midwife leaving the rabbi's home uh, and this daughter's presence. She's just gotten married and Mm. the midwife is worried about people being able to keep their children. It sounds to me like there's an opportunity for you to feel that this new husband in the picture is not really fit for his duty or station. Effectively develop a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Or you just see a weakness in him. And now's an opportunity to call it out or exploit it. Yeah. So what is this new Yitzchak? <laughs> oh, he's a good man. He's he's a learned man. Uh, he studies. Good match for the rabbi's daughter. Isn't he the butcher's son? Yes. It was a very good match. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I will bring you... in texts and traditions here. 
Okay. We're discussing matters of law and tradition and, yeah. and the scholarship here. So I am going to point out something. So why wasn't he a good match for the rabbi's daughter? What violate? What, tra- what tradition was violated in this? That's good. So who are you asking? I'm, I'm tossing asking it out. It out. To, yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one obvious is one of them a Kohen, and is there some sort of problem there for one reason or another? Was he supposed to be married to someone else previously? So when you bring up the Kohen part, what does that mean for those who might not know? Ah, uh, so so Kohen Kohenim are the the line of priests, and there are a lot of prohibitions around who they're allowed to marry, particularly divorcees and things like that. But there are also other complications with them whether or not they are actually acceptable to be married into the line of priests. Mm. So if, for example, she was a Kohen, there might be reasons that he was not fit. Mm-hmm. One possibility could be something borderline, like he had been betrothed but not quite married to someone who had that had fallen through in a... Mm-hmm. So we previously established that there is a rival matchmaker to Zelda. Oh! Um, so while Zelda was trying to set up this match between... Yitzhak and the rabbi's daughter Rivka, this rival matchmaker, was also trying to set up a match for Rivka and was trying to do everything that she could to sabotage the match and was actually briefly able to get Yitzhak betrothed to someone else. Oh, so he's not divorced. So it's not forbidden, but it's... It's not clean. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not clean and most people try not to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You like, don't say ill of the rabbi's daughter. Then no. they, they don't talk about it at length. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you don't talk ill of the rabbi's daughter. The son of the butcher, however. Exactly. <laughs> He's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good match. And I'm just, I'm glad Yitzhak listened to you. Yes. As opposed to who? This is thus. What's going on? Some people have all sorts of high-minded ideas in their heads that... They can make better matches than me. And they wanted Yitzhak to marry Sarah, but uh, he's a much better match for Rivka. What happened with Sarah? Well, um, they were barely betrothed. But they were betrothed. I mean, technically. And Rivka married him anyway. Well, yes. Uh, Not Rivka did need to be spared that uh, that detail so uh, i see one of my schemes go terribly awry i would like it to <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> love it we we said that uh her name was the the other betrothed like the didn't unsuccessfully betrothed was sarah yes and i believe right. we named the rabbi's wife tova so shira the name sarah rings a bell you've been you've been kind of getting to know the the Shtetl, especially as you've been going around performing. Of course. And you've heard rumors about Sarah. A rumor that she may have gone in once into the wild forest and came back to acting differently. A little more gregarious than before. A little less inhibited. Just not following what her mother would want. What do you do now that that rumor rumor springs back to mind? So how long were Yitzhak and Sarah betrothed? All told, about a day and a half. I'd like to meet this Yitzhak. Of course. I mean, if you know Rivka. 
I'd love to pay a visit to my old friend Rivka. I think that's a really good spot to end that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually have an idea to sort of, I'm, I'm noticing some elements in the community. I think I can I can uh, create an even larger rift here. So <laughs> well, we uh, definitely have to find a way to bring the sorcerer in. Yeah. yeah so this next scene is definitely got to be... It's yeah, gotta be Zalmans. I I might have to. Well, I guess that's true. That's true. We can we can see that before I before I raise the stakes even more. So yeah, does does Zalman need something? I there I think there are things floating around Zalman right now, but I don't know that he has a thing that he Is needs Zalman to married? act on. Let's see if I <laughs> what I gotta I gotta remember the things that I did. Uh, Zalman does not seem that he would be married, but actually, oh, you know what? I can fit myself into this scene pretty easily. Could he be a divorcee? Ooh. Ooh. Yes, yeah. of course. I mean, oh, I like that. Why else he, would you consort with otherworldly things? You're young. That's uh, <laughs> I think we find ourselves in the market. Um, I, I, I think that's where I'd like this to be. And I think we see the rabbi um, what's a good name for the rabbi? The rabbi, just the rabbi. Great. So we see the rabbi. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we see the rabbi. He's an older man. His hair's gray. He's balding a little bit. You can tell that he wears the stress of someone who who bears uh, the weight of a community. Right now, that there are there's a group of soldiers and uh, a much more finely dressed looking individual. Uh, who is moving away from him. They're walking away, and he looks as though the world is crumbling out from beneath his feet. He's sweating a little bit. He dabs uh, his forehead with, with a handkerchief. God, I, yeah, I don't want to play two, both sides of this scene. You're passing off the Goyesha so, roll. So, yeah, I, I, will, I, will, I will need to give the Goyesha roll in a second, but I want to start with you, the rabbi, before okay. I bring myself into the scene. So this... Uh, more, more finely dressed person who is, has a larger uh, contingent of soldiers. That's the terms. There are simply too many temples. Too, too many temples. One is fine. Uh, we understand that you have to do what you do. But over the last couple months, so much pressure to collect taxes for the war. And we see another building with no apparent purpose. And there are whispers, rumors. You are in charge of this community, yes? I represent my congregation, You yes. represent your congregation. Then you should be able to explain why one temple is more than enough. Well, there are those whose beliefs may differ from ours, and that might that is why another temple has come to be. We'll see to it that you fix that. He and his contingent of unsympathetic thugs walk away and... I will hand away this Aguishan world. And at this point, the sorcerer, seeing his friend in some distress, will come up. The the rabbi, uh, distress is not the right word uh, <laughs> for what the rabbi feels right now. But you describing it earlier as the, like, it feels like the world is crumbling underneath him almost describes how he looks. He looks up as Zalman walks up. My friend. Why do I find you in such a state on such a beautiful day? If only the beauty of the world could reflect how I feel. I think the same thing every time I look at your face. Well, thank you. 
And that was the, an insult, but, you know, I'll take the thanks anyway. The, the, the Cossacks, again, they're, they're, they're telling me I have to, to do something about the Hasidim and their temple. The Cossacks are telling you this Yes, now. that there are too many temples in the shtetl. And that, out of concern for their, their need for money, that one of them has to go. I might not support the interpretations that the Hasidim have. It goes against the very grain of who I am to point in a direction and say that they should not be here. They are as entitled to their misinterpretations as we are to our, our perspectives. It is this aspect of your personality that I believe has allowed our friendship to flourish over <laughs> these many years. So I appreciate that. The question that I have for you is, what can be done? Will not this other rabbi point in your direction and claim this as an opportunity? I don't know. I don't know. They're a new congregation. This is certainly a troubling situation. If you would like, I could offer my help. Zalman, what help would you be able to provide in this situation? I could make inquiries. This is a situation which no man should be put in. We can agree on that, right? Certainly. Certainly. Then perhaps it's a situation that no man can solve. The, the rabbi gives Zalman a very sideways glance. A situation that no man can solve. What, are you saying that we leave, we leave this up to the Lord? Salman's eyebrows go up. I think that we should ask for intervention. Here, a, the, the rabbi gets a half-heard whisper in the back of his mind of the legends of the times when the truly great and the truly holy have managed to save their communities, pull off a miracle. Look, Solomon, in his infinite wisdom, was presented with a problem that no one could solve. What did he do? He cut it in half, or suggested it be cut in half. You have done this. Oh, you Solomon. have one temple I'm and so another temple. I'm so you caught the story correct. Staring at each other <laughs> in half. You asked which members of the community cared more about the community. They set up another temple. Pulling on the tradition here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm loving that you're getting the opportunity to pull both of these out. <laughs> yeah, that the she's controlling both. Yeah. <laughs> of people who have died and seen their places destroyed rather than surrender their way of worship. Even when Jews have disagreed, and Jews have always disagreed, there's one thing that you never give up. I would say if it would maybe be appropriate to throw this one in the direction of Zalman, only because yes, the rabbi sorry. is... it's easy to do. No, it's fine, yeah. uh, because Zalman yeah. is the actual, the actual PC in the scene. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I guess that can throw That's that... That's the you know, tradition. I must pray on this, and I must think about, about this. This is very troubling, but you're right. Maybe I do need to turn to the Lord and see what he would deem appropriate. On the other hand, if if they're clearly wrong, then is that the same? Is that defending the tradition in the same way. What do you do, Zalman? <laughs> uh, so Zalman, I, I think, takes this information in, and internally, there's a very clear thing. One man who has a temple, who I know is a friend and a pillar of his community, and he is right. And there is someone else who has a temple who are also pillars of their community, and they are right. It seems like there's only one wrong party here. And that's the Cossacks. So something ought to be done about them. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more Dream Apart. If you're looking for other great network shows, be sure to check out Modifier. Modifier is an interview podcast hosted by Megan Dornbrock that's changing the game when it comes to changing games. Designers of every level are invited to discuss what prompted them to hack a game, the kind of experience they seek to create, and the types of stories they're hoping to tell. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream on Thursday, we have a new episode of TPK with JPC at 7 p.m. Central Time. On Saturday, June 23rd at 12 p.m., we're bringing the Tomb of Annihilation to the Dungeon Dome. Lady Harpath's Tomb Breakers will take on the Lich Lord Aserak in a high-level brawl. You'll be able to influence the game with inspiration, summoning skeletons, and much more. Don't miss it. June 23rd at 12 p.m. Central Time. Heroes, I cannot express how excited I am that I wrote a dang book. It's a supplementary role-playing product full of exercises to help players both new and old create complex character backstories and even keep playing the game when you're alone. The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide will be published by Adams Media, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster. It'll be available October 2018 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere books are sold. You can pre-order it now by following the link in our show notes or by searching Amazon for James D'Amato. Remember, heroes, many of your one-shot favorites will be at Gen Con this year, and we have a lot of panels and shows that we'd like you to attend. You can get the full list of our events over at bit.ly slash osngencon. That's bit.ly slash O-S-N-G-E-N-C-O-N. There, you can find a fully updated document of everything we're doing. One-shot events tend to sell out quickly, though, so please sign up as soon as you can. And if an event does get sold out, you can always show up at the appointed time and location with generic tickets so we can try and sneak you in. We'd love to see more people come to our System Mastery Live event Thursday at 2 p.m. and our Warda Live event Saturday at 4 p.m. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and this week I've got to talk about gun control. To me, and I'm sure many members of my audience, it feels very obvious that our current set of laws does not do enough to prevent tragedies surrounding guns from happening. I know so many of you are frustrated and angry. The best thing to do with those emotions is to channel them into making a change. And the first step to doing that is calling your representatives. This is a tough, emotional issue. And calling your representatives isn't easy in the first place. But one thing I use to make the whole process easier is fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries for issues like gun control, along with contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure you get your point across. Calling is quick, easier than you think, and it can make a huge difference. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest OneShot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. 
Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.